on November 13, 2009, National Polygamy Advocate Mark Hinkle was interviewed by Jeff Inglis for The Portland Phoenix. Calling the offices of the Portland Phoenix and Style Magazine to use our company directory, dial 4. For immediate assistance, dial 0 and dial your party's extension at any time in this recording. Hello, the Phoenix with Jeff. Hello, Jeff. This is Mark Hinkle. Oh, hey, how are you, Mark? I'm doing very well. Did you get my message yesterday? I did. You did? Okay. Well, and I realized that I need to go into a staff meeting <laughs> okay. right about now. Um, I can call you back at a later time this morning if you'd like. Yeah. Um, when would you be best? trying to think. Because um, I've, um, I've got a meeting at 10, mm-hmm. and God knows when that'll end, because um, my boss is coming up from Boston. Uh-huh. <laughs> I understand. Um, What's that, Boston Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. Executive editor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in like 20 minutes. 20? I have a few minutes. Yeah, you want me to call you at 920? Yeah. Could you? I can do that. Great. Talk to you then. Thanks so much. Yeah, bye. bye. Thank you for calling the... Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Mark Hangel. Hello. Thanks for calling back. <laughs> certainly. Certainly. No, I get. I, I totally get that. And actually, I've been uh, chuckling because something you said so reminded me of myself. I know whenever I uh, uh, am in a baffled moment trying to think something, I will say, I'm trying to think. And then I laugh at myself because I say, well, Mark, are you thinking or trying to think? Yeah, well, it's hard to tell. <laughs> so I so relate to that. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, uh. I get that. It's all good. So, uh, so I guess we only got a few minutes. So yeah. I, um, yeah. So, so you know, what's your? Uh, I mean, I saw your note. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if so, you w- so, what now? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, the obviously the press herald did not want to uh, run it. Right. Uh, according to uh, I guess um, Richard Connor's uh, uh, piece that he wrote uh, after the election, whenever it was a. Uh, um, there, when they put together their editorial board, that it was a five to one on the endorsement for the uh, uh, no vote, uh, so which basically means that it was the uh, five liberals and the Catholic MD Harmon. Right. Basically, is what it amounts to. Right. Um, and Michael Harmon has basically been, definitely he's been very positive in a sort of um, what would you call that a passive aggressive way. <laughs> Uh, over the last uh, three years, and he, you know, he knows that who I am. He knows I've been on major media galore and uh, right. and so forth, but just doesn't seem to want to uh, uh, let a piece by go go through. Um, and certainly going through uh, Richard Connor, nothing else proceeded uh, beyond beyond right. that. Uh, but they did know who I was. So the the point is, is that it was uh, uh, neither neither side wanted to allow the uh, op-ed to be pressed uh, to be published one way or the other. And if you want, I, in fact, I could certainly, I could even send you a copy of sure. the, the thing right now. In fact, I'll send it through the ticket. I've already got it prepared to send it to you. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Uh, I don't know if you're online at the same time, but 
Um, okay, well, it's just been sent to you. Okay. It's, it's a 600-word. Uh, it's very professional. It's very articulated. You know, there's it, the, the issue of professionalism is not at issue. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been doing this a little while. I've been around the barn a couple times. <laughs> um, the uh, But basically, it was clearly, uh, it exposes the hypocrisy of both sides. And it was if another form as well. It was also preparation for after the election, realizing that, no matter who was going to lose, this war was not going to end with this election. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, that's also why the way I, uh, I approached this whole thing was is that I position myself to be, I am the solution for either, side, either losing side when they have to regroup and redefine how they want to go about this. Right. Uh, if uh, the yes side had lost... Uh, they would have needed my win-win solution for if I say, you know what, we're taking the wrong approach on this because we're definitely losing against uh, the homosexual marriage uh, battle, and so maybe the better solution is our original conservative values of limited government and stop all marriage control. Uh, now that the no side has lost, uh, now they're the ones who should be listening to me because, one, they were uh, absolutely not telling the truth about marriage equality for consenting adults, that they were um, actually... They, if you, you have to understand, to persuade a conservative, you will never do it with a liberal argument. You only persuade conservatives with conservative arguments. Right. And the, now that the, the no side has lost and needs to find a new way to go about it, the way is instead of seeking special rights for same-sex marriage, they should turn around and say no, speci- no special rights for anyone. No special rights for those who choose one man, one woman. Right. No special rights for same-sex marriage, and no, same-se- no special rights for those who choose consenting adult polygamy. The bottom line is there's no special rights for unrelated consenting adults. And that, that, but see, now that becomes a conservative argument. Right. Think about it. During the discrimination debate, before we got to the same-sex marriage issues, the, the big uh, homosexual battle in law was about discrimination laws. Right. And the anti-discrimination. And what did the conservative side nail the, uh, the homosexual side with? No special rights. No special rights. We can't give special rights. No special rights. Turn that back. Now it's time for the no side to turn that back onto the yes side. Start, you right. use conservative arguments to persuade conservatives. And that's why I've been speaking to the solution that whoever loses, which in case obviously was, uh, this case was the no side, is to use our solution, the win-win solution. The only way this is battle ever going to win, ever going to end, is when both sides walk away with a win. When you have... There's no marriage control for one man, one woman. No marriage control for same-sex marriage. No marriage control for unrelated consenting adults. And for anybody who says it can't work, we can't do that, you know, there's a thing in the in the law we call it corporate law. We have corporations already. So to suggest that we can only be in a society where you can only have, uh, you know, two people making a contract is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because we have corporation contract. Mm-hmm. You know, so the idea that you can't have corporate marriage, if you will, is is just another boogeyman. And for uh, uh, Mary Bonato to express her extraordinarily offensive stereotypical statement uh, against uh, polygamy on the uh, uh, the debate at uh, USM on television there that Wednesday, you know, that it all leads to abuse and all that. That was absolutely that was that was as offensive as saying all. Uh, uh, 
it was the thing that all homosexual men want to rape boys. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's I mean, that's vulgar. I don't care who you are. That's vulgar. Right. And to suggest that all consenting adult polygamists are about abuse is is absolutely as offensive as well. You know, we're talking about what part of consenting adults don't people understand? You know, isn't that the same argument that the homosexuals say? Mm-hmm. You know, so what part of consenting adult can't you understand? Right. You know what? Uh, uh, would you blame all teachers for uh, for uh, being uh, child rapists for Mary Kay Letourneau? Right. You know, it's the same thing to suggest that all polygamists are related to uh, 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 Warren Jeffs. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole FLDS garbage. So anyway, the bottom line is, is that this was an op-ed that the Press Herald has known it, and it was reworked a couple times, uh, just based on uh, the timing of it. For example, it, had, it wasn't so much talking about November 3rd, uh, back in April and May, of course, because it, it wouldn't have been timely appropriate. Uh, and then the, then the point is, is that this has been an ongoing op that they've known about and been sitting on. Right. And clearly we're too afraid to, uh, to post. I mean, this is news. My YouTube has, the YouTube about me uh, giving the speech has more hits than Shelly Pringley's for crying out loud. <laughs> You know, you, and, and Sorry to tell you that doesn't take a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose that's true. But I, I just thought I'd throw that in there for levity anyway. Uh, the, the point is, is that, you know, trying to suggest that this didn't happen, that this news didn't exist, and Mary Bonato was trying to suggest the same thing. She says, I was at the hearing and nobody was talking about polygamy. Uh, wrong. I was there. You know, I, gave a, I even gave a press kit to the um, uh, limits. Uh, in preparation of my speech, and then of course a week later he's talking about Hannah's two mommies uh, with the uh, sperm donor dad, and I'm thinking, here I am, I've given a quote at the speech, at uh, the hearing about if Heather can have two mommies, why can't she have two mommies and a daddy, and Nimitz is writing an op-ed about a week or two later after the thing, talking about Hannah and her two mommies and a daddy. Right. <laughs> so the point is, is that Noah's lost, they're going to need to regroup. This is the way by which you know, it's, they need to stop listening to me and utilize these conservative arguments that will persuade conservatives. You right. keep using liberal arguments, it's not going to work. Right. You know, stop pushing for more government, stop pushing for less, and that's how you'll get conservatives to finally say, you want equality? Let's all have equality under the law right. where there is no government marriage control for consenting adults. Right. Then we're all equal. And we all got equal, limited government, so both sides get what they want. Everybody can finally be happy. <laughs> that's the solution. Right. But, but anyway, so there we uh, I mean, I guess... You know, the, the question becomes really, um, in this in the sense of, of government intervention. I mean, you, you, and we see it so much with the, um, you know, with, with the the anti same sex marriage right. group, the Yes on One group, right. um, where they um, uh, have us, where they go biblical. Right. That's where I come in, because I can answer those arguments. Right. And that's where if homosexuals were smart, they would use my ability to present that. They would use my conservative credentials to make those arguments to conservatives. Mm-hmm. Instead of being angry at me for not being liberal, they should be smart and utilize my conservative credentials and my ability to use those biblical arguments. I can slam every single right. one-man, one-woman argument. Because you know why? And this is actually uh, goes to how uh, much of the vote actually happened in Maine. One man, one woman is an invention of the Catholic institution as a governmental doctrine. Mm-hmm. And, and America was founded on people fleeing governments controlled by the Catholic institution. Right. 
It is not a biblical doctrine, one man, one woman. It is an invention of the Catholic institution. And notice, if you took out every Catholic voter, you did not have much support. So what we're doing is we're now under a Catholic doctrine. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not anti-Catholic, and that shows how advanced our, our country has become, that even you know, uh, Catholicism is not the subversiveness that would have been seen in, in 1600s, 1700s, you know, when we were trying to flee governments controlled by those. Uh, but that was the motivation for the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. the, the, the point is, is that this has no business being defined and controlled by government for consenting adults. Right at the end of the day. So you, you talked about the biblical arguments. Mm. What was your question specifically about well, that? I, I guess the... You know, that... Their argument is... And, and I'll accept that it's a dubious one. Um, but sort of, this is traditional marriage. It's one man, one woman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, stuff. And... Right. You know, and I understand what you're saying, and I guess the question is, um, basically, that's still hard to counter in a population that is only now beginning to accept homosexuality right. and doesn't really, and frankly, doesn't contemplate polygamy very much. Sure, <laughs> I understand that. You know, or, or only in the sense of um, hearing about some bizarre people from Utah. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I guess the question becomes, you know, if they stick to this argument, which mm -hmm. admittedly dubious, but, right. you know, apparently persuasive. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a hard nut to crack, isn't it? Not really. And here's, there's two reasons why. One, if a, certainly when, when liberals or uh, homosexuals try to use uh, the biblical correction about polygamy to the one man, one woman biblical argument, mm -hmm. or unbiblical argument, that they lack the credibility with which to permeate the acceptance in the mind of the conservative hearing them. Because they're automatically dismissed. Well, you're a homosexual. Well, you're a liberal. You play games with the scripture. You don't believe the word of God. Mm. You know, so so you're not even going to break through because of your credential. Right. And this is where my credential comes in. That you know, I mean, I've been recognized as evangelical Christian on the 700 Club. You know, I mean, the the that this is absolutely a scriptural thing. So I, I come from that as a credential that a liberal can't have already. And and understand that's not an offensive thing. It's just right. it's, it's I can break through where liberals can't. Just simply as a matter of, I'm coming from the same paradigm of, you say you believe all the scripture, now let's look at that. If, and when a homosexual tries to use the, uh, the Bible, is, does not promote uh, one man, one woman, they're coming from a position of the Bible uh, not promoting homosexual either. You know, so they, 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 there is no credibility with which to permeate. Now you take someone such as myself who can say, wait a minute, one, I'm not coming from the liberal agenda, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm not trying to do, do that. I'm coming from the same paradigm that you're coming from that, uh, that, that you're talking about in terms of what is biblical. And this is, if you look at the actual, every time you say one man, one woman to Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve, first of all, Adam and Eve was a, written in the book of Genesis, written by a polygamist. <laughs> Hello? Okay? And not only that, and here's the thing, 
you know, really goes back to the key argument of it all. Adam and Eve were never married by government. In fact, get this, not one person ever was ever married in the Bible by government. Mm. This goes back to my argument of saying, start using the no marriage control position. Abolish all marriage control for consenting adult polygamists. And then you know what the homosexual can successfully say to the, uh, uh, the traditional marriage person? You have a right to your imagination. You have a right to believe that. But you don't have a right to control the, the contractual arrangements of consenting adults elsewhere. And the same, that, that's why in uh, the piece that I wrote, I said, that, you know, that both uh, homosexual marriage, same-sex marriage supporters and uh, uh, one man, one woman supporters both have a right to their imaginations and definitions of marriage, but neither side has the right to redefine marriage or to have special rights for their redefinitions. You have a right to an imagination. Homosexuals have a right to imagine that they're married if they want to. Okay? You don't have a right to use government to control and define that. And same token, neither do the one man, one woman people. Every, you can say to a one man, one woman person, you know what? You have a right to believe that. You want to believe that biblical? You have that right. Right. You have a right to believe what you want to believe. Government should not be involved in the contractual arrangements of consenting adults. And, and when you start using the conservative arguments of limited government, appeal to the limited government argument, and... That, you know, the idea, for example, I use, in, uh, I use both in my speech as well as in the op-ed, that uh, some, you know, some will say that, you know, you, by taking government out of marriage, you're saying marriage isn't important. Oh, I think marriage is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you, and put it, how important do I say that? I say that marriage control is as tyrannical as gospel control or baptism control. Or Lord's Table control, or Passover control, or Ramadan control. Can you imagine any majority defining, licensing, and controlling the doctrines of those? Mm-hmm. God help us. <laughs> the same thing for marriage control. That's the way you get into the mind and get the conservatives to finally say, you know what? This will end when we do the limited government approach. And conservatives will be rejoicing. Limited government, finally, we got it, we got it. And. Homosexuals will be rejoicing. Finally, we have equality for everybody under the law. Right. Everybody wins, and it's time to listen to what we're saying. And so that's one thing. By coming from the polygamy position, I'm not coming as a uh, as a liberal without credential, without credibility, and nor do I look like I'm some kind of a plant. Right. It, which is kind of funny because both sides end up thinking that I'm a plant from the other side. <laughs> right. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, I um, I have your thing. You see, you got the op-ed there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't imagine. I'm not reading it while we're talking because I'm trying to pay attention to what you're. Talking. <laughs> I figured that. Yes. I, I realize that. I don't know what your time is. I mean, if you have a moment and want me to stay on, I can do that. But I, I recognize you may have. Yeah. No. I, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to read this yep. and then you know look over the notes that I took while you, while you were just talking here. Sure. Um, and then maybe get back. Hey, here's how, as a Christian, I can say this, and and really nail it home, is that especially the most die-hard evangelical Christians, what is the worst sin of all? Idolatry. Mm-hmm. And they are worshiping the false god of big socialist government. God never needed big government to control, define, or any doctrine. Mm-hmm. And they are turning to the false god of big socialist government. So they are using sin to oppose sin. Mm-hmm. And by using big governments, you could even say, they're using liberalism to oppose liberalism. 
<laughs> and and when, when you do that, you put them into a uh, recognition of dichotomy mm-hmm. by using their own arguments. But you will never persuade conservatives with liberal arguments. You have to, right. This is something liberals just got to get into their mind. Right. You cannot persuade conservatives with liberal arguments. But you use the conservative arguments, no special rights for anyone, mm-hmm. limited government, no marriage control, no redefinition. They redefine marriage as one man, one woman. They're the first redefiners. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's the, that's the point I make in my op-ed, is right. that uh, homosexuals simply copied... The one man, one woman crowd by redefining marriage them a new way, doing the same thing. <laughs> Did you see a? Um, there was an interesting commentary I saw online the other day. Um, you know, you you must have heard of Dan Savage. The name is familiar. Yeah, he he writes a column, um, a syndicated like sex and relationships column called Savage Love. Okay. Um, and he was speaking. Um, let me see if I can find it again. Um, <clears throat> he was speaking about. Um, I can't remember where um, about marriage and about um, the redefinition of marriage and the mm-hmm. idea of um, yeah here it is on mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, let's see. Let me see. Now, if I reply to this message from the ticket, will that come to you, or do I have to log into the site? I, uh, I, are you sending an attachment to me, or? No, I was just going to send a link. Okay, um, I get notified of it, but it's probably better if you're able to log in. All right, hang on a second. Sure. And by the way, you can open as many tickets as you want. Well, I mean, <laughs> you right. reason my point being that they're like different conversations, right, right, um, types of thing. But but it allows for a, a record of uh, so that I know with whom I've spoken and what we've actually corresponded with. Right. Um. Do you need a password? No, I okay. think I remember that my password is password. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Please help <laughs> yourself. Um. There's the link. Yes. Um, and I'll just say, Dan. No, there we go. Um, yeah, so that's the link. That's Dan Savage. It's an interesting video. Um, it's like three minutes long. Of okay. What, um, he's, um, he's a gay man, lives in Washington State um, with his partner of many years, and mm-hmm. they've adopted a child together. Right. Um, and he has a really interesting viewpoint because he mentions the fact that... Um, the state of Washington has allowed both him and his partner to be parents to this child. Right. But will not allow them to get married because that endangers children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that is definitely a contradiction, for sure. And, you know, and it, gets, yes. it gets at the, the idea of, of what is the government doing in all of this anyway. Exactly. Um, and not so much, you know, that much surprised that the government is doing whatever it's doing. Right. Especially poorly. Oh, this is a YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you can you know watch that at your leisure, but it's, it's okay. I thought it was a really interesting little three minutes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, that's definitely a, a contradiction for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's I mean I thought that was one of the. It, I'm always interested in, in new arguments, and that's one of the reasons I was interested in your argument. Right. Too, is, is, you know we hear a ton of rhetoric on both sides. Yeah. You know. Well, it's it's the same old same old, and that is what was so annoying. Mm-hmm 
about the press handling in this situation. That's what I call it. It's the op-ed that the press handling is too afraid to publish. Right, right. Because we know the status quo positions. Mm-hmm. We know the yes side status quo position. We know the no side. Nobody, but, and, and not only that, it's being all told through, uh, through the propaganda lens. Mm-hmm. No one's actually saying that, hey, wait a minute. The emperor's wearing no clothes on both sides. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's what... You know, you've got the five yeses on the editorial board at the press hall wanting to protect the homosexual side, mm-hmm. and then of course you've got um, okay. Michael Harmon wanting to protect the uh, the Catholic position. You know, uh, right. uh, you know it, the, the difficulty of the whole Catholic thing is is that that really goes to where this doctrine came from. And I'm not I, when you say it, you only you end up sounding like you're like anti-Catholic, anti-Catholic right, right. type of thing. But you know, it's it's. People don't understand the history of this country. Mm-hmm. People came to America, the settlers came to America fleeing governments controlled by the Catholic institution right. and the enforcement of its doctrines. Well, they also, um, I mean, I suppose I would say that's true in some places, but they well, also from a, from, well, were understand fleeing this. Anglicanism. I'm sorry? They were, in some cases, they were fleeing the Anglican. Well, Anglicanism was Catholicism without a Pope. <laughs> Fair Practically. Fair you know, uh, the, the thing is, of course, is that that's, that, was the press, that was the meaning behind which the First Amendment of keeping, it was not about you know, freedom from religion, but rather that no religious institution like the Catholic institution would control government. And that was the, that was the whole thing about that. And the idea of doctrines being controlled by government is uh, absolutely anathema to Americanism. Now, understand also, I am giving you insight into the evangelical conservative mind mm-hmm. and what will, how they see the world. And so when you speak to an evangelical conservative Christian, not, a, not necessarily a Catholic, but a, understand that there is a great opposition to uh, Catholicism within the evangelical Protestantism. You're aware of that. Because Protestant actually means protesting. I mean, they protested the Catholic institution, led to the Reformation, which is what led to Americanism. Uh, you know, led to you know, the New World and the whole concept of uh, that we now have as, as a culture. So the idea that you know, certainly individuals have the right to uh, to believe in Catholic beliefs and all that. Now, I have no no. Uh, oh, there's YouTube starting. Uh, I have no suggestion of that. Otherwise, uh, the the point is is that. Again, breaking through to the conservative evangelical mind is to remember what they believe. They believe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that idolatry is the worst sin of all, and to make government your god is idolatry. And there's even a, there's even, uh, I've got to say, they've gone the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Now, maybe to yourself, to or I don't know if you're familiar with that phrase or not. Uh, but to the Bible studying evangelical Christians, that was a histor- historical in the book of, in the Old Testament Bible uh, that uh, there was a king who had, for political expediency, uh, misled and drew the people to their own uh, worship instead of uh, worshiping the one true God. And so other future kings were always compared to this king that led God's people into idolatry for his political expediency. And that's what they're doing with marriage control: is they're leading, 
people into uh, into the idolatry of government as marital savior instead of believing in the one true God who never needed government for marriage. You don't see one example of that. So understand, I say this not in the context of preaching to you, right. but rather giving you the insight into what breaks through into the evangelical conservative mind. Mm. Right. That's an interesting point. And, and I think that, that's the problem that a lot of liberals get hung up on, is that uh, they don't like my arguments. You know, they'll watch my YouTube and watch me, uh, you know, use the, uh, the biblical aspects and all that. But, then understand, but they forget to understand. There's it all even hours and hours of yes side testimony about biblical arguments. Right. And so I was simply showing that, wait a minute. The did we not learn the biblical lesson that when uh, religious leaders used secular government to enforce their doctrine, that their politics got Jesus Christ nailed to the cross? Mm. Hello? You know, I'm not trying to be religious to the homosexuals. I'm saying these are the arguments that get into the mind of the evangelicals to start thinking, what am I doing? Right. You, you want to change their mind, you've got to use their arguments, and that's what I, uh, that's what I bring to the table. Right. No, and that's that's why the polygamy rights win-win solution allows both sides to win on their own value system, the whole equality for homosexuals under the law, and the whole limited government by not having government define any marriage. You know, does government have the right, see, the government that has the right for a majority to define marriage one way, such as one man, one woman, has the authority to redefine it another way. You're saying by allowing a majority to define marriage as one man, one woman, you're saying government has the authority to even write law that bans one man, one woman. Mm. Imagine that. Mm. That's the, you're saying government has that authority. It does not have that authority. And the reason why, marriage predates government. Government, you know, marriage de occurred before government began, and gov marriage will exist if government collapses. Marriage is an individual, God-given right for, uh, for consenting adults. For unrelated consenting adults, that's it. Mm -hmm. you know, government has no business doing this. Mm -hmm. you know, I, and so you turn it back and you say, conservatives, when you want this, don't you realize what you're doing? You're being a liberal. You're being a socialist. You're being a Marxist. Because actually, if you think about it, one man, one woman only is marital socialism. Imagine a world where uh, one, one customer for each business so that each business can have one customer. Mm -hmm. That's socialism. That's Marxism. Right. One for each so that each man have one. That's absolute Marxism. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you tell that to a conservative and remind them, hey, don't you realize what one man one woman does? It is, it is socialism. It is saying that one for each, so that each might have one. And so therefore, what, why do conservatives oppose socialism? Because it takes out the incentive for improving to excellence. Because, hey, if you can only have one, there's no reason to get better and be better, right? So, so now we are now in the era of dumbed-down males, of, of abandoned single moms and marriage-phobic males, and we're going to criminalize men who become super-skilled husbands and want marriage. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. See, again, use conservative arguments to persuade conservatives, and that's what's going to win, and that's why the polygamy rights winning solution makes that case. Right. And I say, now that the no side has lost, it's time for them to listen to what I'm saying, and this, if they really want to win, this is the way it's going to work, and everybody's going to win, and we're not going to have to keep fighting this for the rest of the uh, millennia. Right. Okay. Cool, yeah, I'll, um, I'll give this a read and okay. um, be back in touch. All right, well, uh, should I give you a week, or if I hadn't heard something you want to... How much time do you I need? I will call you. I definitely will. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, I'll just give you a call sometime within the next week. That sounds great. Cool. Thank well, you. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, bye. November 17, 2009.
Thank you for calling the offices of the Portland Phoenix. Hello, the Phoenix. This is Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Mark Hangel. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good. I got your stuff. You did? Yes. Okay. And you, be all set. And you got the second one, too, with the changes and all yes. that? Okay, just yep. so that you had a general idea. Yep. I don't know if you, did you get a chance to see it? Um, I haven't finished reading it yet, but um, but I did look over the changes, and I think they'll be fine. Okay, on the uh, the bio, I made it a uh, probably an extra line longer, basically doing some uh, media name dropping. Uh, <laughs> and the reason for that is that so that you your readers know that this is very serious. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand that you know a lot of people in, in, on both sides of the debate somehow you know may not take this as seriously as it is, and this is very gravely serious. And so by doing the media name dropping, you remove that question of yourself. Well, I, I mean, it, we typically don't run bios like that. Okay. Um, and the idea is that um, if we're running it, yeah, you know, it's it's got some credibility uh, okay. and seriousness yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, sure. We don't run lunatics. Right. Well, the problem the problem is is that people may not have seen these, and because we do get such little uh, attention unless it's a crime involved, uh, that that was why I thought that may be necessary. But you right. know, okay. You know, I mean, and if you're happy with that, it's yeah, fine. yeah, no, I think it'll be great. Okay, no, I super. I just want to make sure so you knew what why I did that um, and what that was. And I don't know if you do italics or not. And if you don't, you run italics. That's no big deal. Okay. Uh, but I gave some instructions just in case you guys wanted to do that. Sounds great. So well, now, well, when do you expect this to go out? Um, it'll hit the streets tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I also would have a uh, question. Is there any chance? I mean, you may be busy right now. We can discuss this later. About uh, I-, I could not find either of the previous copies of the April third or the May 13th anywhere on the high... Would you have back copies of any of that? Those issues? Yes. Um, yeah, they're also online if you want to find them there. Well, no, no, hard copy. Yeah, um, I believe we have... We should have copies of them. Okay. Because uh, I, you know, I'd like to have a couple of those sure. if that's possible. I mean, yeah, we can, we can mail you some or something. Um, yeah, sure. Or you can come by and pick them up. I mean, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm not always into Portland itself all right. the time. Um, but... Um, well, yeah, it's going to cost you money to do that. I suppose I, I suppose I should uh, come pick them up. Well, that doesn't really matter. I mean, whichever is easier. We, we mail stuff out all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. If you, if you would, uh, it's, sure. it's the. Uh, I know that online the dates were April 30 and May 13. Yeah. Uh, basically, the one was you reported on me uh, being at the here at the speaking at the the public hearing. Yeah. And the May 13 was your op-ed that uh, included my quote. Right. Uh, and of course, I'm going to. Want to make sure I get copies of this as well, but I, sh- I should be able to pick those up yep. tomorrow if I, if I can find them. But yeah, I'll streets um, tomorrow afternoon and Thursday morning, depending on exact location, because we have drivers who go out. Okay, how about the Saco Biddeford area? Yeah, um, I'd say probably say Thursday morning just to be sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you go to like Hannaford. Okay. Be there. Okay. I, you know, that, that, that's fine. I should you be able to. My number, if you can't find any, I need some too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I really appreciate that, and we will. Uh, we'll be. In, I look forward to seeing what you got. We'll okay. be in touch. Yeah. And what's your? What's the mailing address? I should send it to. I don't yeah, I should do that. Shouldn't I? <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could put it in the mail and. Oh uh, no, 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 that's fine. We'll get there. Get our money's worth out of it. <laughs> I enjoy talking to you. You're a nut. It's awesome. <laughs> so cool. Uh, it is a. Truthbearer.org, yep. uh, capital T, capital B, and .org, um, Mark, Old Orchard Beach, okay. Maine, obviously, 04064. 04064. Right. Yeah, you can get me three or four copies or whatever. That'd Perfect. be, that'd be, that'd be great. I really appreciate that. Sure. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing what happens. Okay, great. Thanks. Take Thanks care. Thanks so much. Have Bye. a good day. Bye.
Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com